if you notice, it's just me. It's Shane is not here today. And I, I got to announce something. And, um, you know, with a heavy heart, I got to say, Shane is going to take a, a couple months off. He has uh, not been feeling well. He has a lot of work to catch up on and he needs to fully recover and get a lot of work done. And I totally understand his decision. So he's going to take a sabbatical, a streaming sabbatical for the next month or two. And, um, you know, maybe I'll get other people on to fill in his space when I can. But Shane will be gone for the next month or two. Um, and he's going to, he just needs to give him himself time to fully recover and, and get all the work done that, that has been building up. So, you know, pray for him, give him all your best wishes, but he's going to take a little bit of time off the streams to completely focus on that and totally recover. And, uh, I totally understand, you know, that's, he's got to do it, man. That said, I'm here and I know it's not as cool as when Shane and I are both here, but I will be here and I am dedicated to doing the stream every Monday and Thursday at 4 p.m. And who knows, maybe I'll be, I'll be able to get some of our buddies to come in and fill in a second and third chair. You know, we'll see. In the meantime, I do have to announce something. This stream is brought to you by Criticless. Criticless.com, the one and only. I have been spending a lot of time on Criticless lately. And actually, I'm in, I was in the process of creating our, um, our Madam Web review. And I just ran out of time. But you don't want to miss this. If you have not gone to Criticless.com, go check it out. They are a wonderful company. Before they even sponsored us, we were using them. Um, just a, a great website. Has a great aesthetic to it. Sort of a, you know, 90s, 80s, 90s vibe. Really easy to understand. Uh, it's like a social media site for movie reviews. And there's so much to it. There's, there's so much to it. When you go to look at a review, it's not just, it's a rad, but it also gives you is there annuity in it? Violence? Is it family friendly? What's the political bias? Left, right? Just a really awesome website. And they're kind enough to, to sponsor us this month. So good people. Hopefully I can get Blaine on the show. You know, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, go check it out. Criticless.com. And what do we got going today? Oh, a lot of great things. We we're talking about Madam Web. I actually went to see Madam Web this morning. <laughs> It was pretty funny because I got like one of the first showings and there was literally no one in the theater, you know, just testing the waters. I, 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 I started like to take my pants off. I took my shorts off and just kicked my feet up. No shoes, no pants. Had my feet up on the other chair, just watching the movie. No one came to bother me. There was no one in the theater. It was totally dead. And you know, part of that is because it was so early, but also because no one really wants to watch this movie considering the reviews are not so great and we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about madam webb and what i believe they should have done to make that a successful film or series uh we're also talking about acorn cop i don't know if you guys have seen this but um <gasps> this hilarious and thankfully non-fatal turn of events in florida with these police officers just if you've ever seen the show Reno 911, it was basically like Reno 911 in real life. It was just hilariously ridiculous. We're going to go over that. Also, Marvel dropped on Valentine's Day an actual poster for the new Fantastic Four and the official casting. I'm shocked that the casting, the caustic casting, and we're going to talk about that today. Plus, we're going to go a little deep on the poster itself, see if there's any things we can we can get from it. 
And the new trailer for X-Men 97 dropped. Normally, I would not be excited about a cartoon, but I remember watching this cartoon when I was in high school. So, I'm sort of stoked to see it come back. Even if, you know, my tastes have probably outgrown outgrown it by now, but we'll see. And there's some interesting news about, like, non-binary characters and stuff. Of course, they're going to try to politicize the hell of it, you know, I'm assuming. Also, we got... Godzilla X Kong, which to me, every time I see this, and I took a picture of this at the theater, it literally had GX Kong. It looked like a rap advertisement for like a rap concert or something. But the new trailer dropped. We're going to break that down. Um, and if we have time, we're going to talk about Iran claiming Antarctica as part of Iran, <laughs> Iran in the Weekly Weird News. So... Let's just jump right into it. First off, thank you for being here today. Thanks for coming out and hanging out with us. You guys are amazing cats. Oh, someone wants to come on the show. Okay. Vader, you want to come on? Is that Vader? Yeah. All right. I'll send you the link. All right. So Vader's going to come on the show. Let me just get that going real quick. One second. While, while he's coming, let me know. Oh, is it Kadish? Okay. It's Kadish. Whoever it is. Yeah. Let me send you the link. Um. Did any of you guys have a chance, did anyone here have a chance to actually see, you know, Madam Web? Or were you completely disinterested altogether? And and that begs the question, who, it's, uh, I'm sending you the link right now, Matt. Who is interested in, what, in you know, what, what movies are coming up that you're actually interested in? That's the question. Here's the pass, bro. I want to know what, what movies you're interested in watching... If it seems like every movie that comes out, I'm just, I'm so apathetic to. And I I believe we're heading down an interesting road this year. And it's because last year was so pathetic for movies. It was so pathetic and made me apathetic. And then we, I was really banking on this year being a better year than we saw Argyle. And that was a little bit of a let, let down, to be honest. And then... Madam Web, which Madam Web is one of my favorite characters in the Spider-Verse, whatever you want to call it, and was totally disinterested to me. Hold up. Let me get Matt in here. Here we go. Can you hear me, Matt? Yeah, I'm not (laughs) sure if you saw the start of this, but basically we're talking about Madam Web. We're going to keep that brief because there's not much to talk about there. We're going to talk about the acorn cop thing. I I got footage of that. That's pretty funny. And I can't pronounce the... It's some some cop in Florida freaking out about an acorn. The Marvel Fantastic Four poster, the X-Men 97, and Godzilla X-Kong. Those are the things we're going to touch on today. Hopefully you watch some of that stuff, because I didn't send you any of this stuff beforehand, because I didn't know you were going to be here. I'm, I'm up to date. <laughs> okay. No. So we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to talk about Madam Web. First off, Madam Web is starring Dakota Johnson. She plays Madam Web, right? Or Casey, or Cassie Webb, or whatever. Sydney Sweeney. And these don't, these names don't matter to you, but she plays Julia well, Carpenter. Well, so I've gone down a rabbit hole. A rabbit Uh-oh. hole. Sydney Sweeney. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sure this you're. Girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. This with girl. Your, with your pants on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Dude, dude, this girl is a. Not only is she a smoke show, but she's done quite a few nude scenes. Oh, yeah, a ton. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and in fact, uh, there was a guy who got arrested for masturbating in the theater. Whenever she was on screen. No. Yeah. Wow. 
that's uh yeah and and they did their best to make her like look like an ug as well yeah yeah this, and that's, that's they, what uh, they ugged her up they it's her so up. funny yeah. when you if you ever see the movie they have her in like like a frumpy looking literally wrinkled like school uniform glasses mm-hmm. it's she's clearly wearing a wig that's in front of her it, face it, it's the she's all that methodology of for ugging up a hot chick right right yeah the typical no. trope but the funny thing is because she's such a smoke show Every mm-hmm. time I saw her, I was like, why did she looks like like a porn actress in like the lab coat, you know, like trying to look <laughs> yeah. like the scientist. It doesn't trying work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work at all. It doesn't. And, and it's funny because like uh, so there were pictures of the Madam Web premiere that came out where Sydney Sweeney and Dakota Johnson were wearing very, shall we say, revealing outfits. Yeah. And they were pictured together and every guy online is just like drooling. It's like, like it's literally the only reason to go see Madam Web is to see the attractive women in it i mean let's be real i mean i'm trying to find those shots right now but yeah dakota johnson i know sweeney sweeney is hot but like in those shots dakota johnson was like wow here they are here we go (laughs) just so you guys can see it that's that's them at the premiere (laughs) Mm -hmm. no that said dakota johnson johnson actually did her best this film if there was any saving grace to this movie it was her she worked her butt off. You can tell she really attempted to make a good movie. From the writers of Morbius. Right. Also, Elizabeth, Isabella Merced, a.k.a. Dora the Explorer, Explorer is in it. Oh, is she the Latin Latinx girl? Yeah, she's a Latinx girl. Oh, okay. She plays, I don't know, some spider. You know, it's crazy. Like, so the, the spider person that she plays is Anya Corazon. And I don't know any of these spider people. And I've been collecting comic books, Spider-Man comic books for a very long time. Yeah, there, there, there's one who's supposed to be Spider-Woman. Oh, like there's one who's like like Spider-Girl, something like that. I got to fix my audio. It just dropped. Thank you for letting me know, you guys. I appreciate that. That should be good. Yeah, the... Uh, you know, your thumbnail is very prescient, though, Brian, because it does look like, you know, a Spider-Girl CW show. Because that's what it that's what this movie was. It was Spider-Girls. That's what it was. It was Spider-Girls, the, the CW show. That's all it was. Well, it, it, but it's funny looking at the, the track record of the guys who wrote this movie. So their previous movie was Morbius. But right. They've also writ, written like uh, Gods of Egypt and like oh, a bunch no. of, yeah a, a bunch of other movies that are just like famously bad gods of egypt was one of those movies where like from the gets if you watch the trailer like never seen the movie just watch the trailer and go like this does not look very good everything about that trailer was wrong in every way and then the movie and they just stuck to their guns you thought well maybe it's just the trailer you know you ever watch a movie where like the trailer overhypes everything. You're like, oh, that's just the trailer. And then the movie comes out and the movie is just a two hour version of that trailer. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh so, my God. So so here's their their writing filmography, right? Uh, Dracula Untold. From no. The Last Witch Hunter. Gods of Egypt. The of Power course. Rangers movie. Morbius and Madam Web. Oh my God. <laughs> and they were also the showrunners <laughs> and executive producers of the Netflix Lost in Space series. Of course. You know what's crazy is I actually like the network, the Netflix Lost in Space, so that was very good. But they clearly did not write it because that writing was excellent, in my opinion. Mm. Um, 
I oh, mean, and the first two seasons, the third season, they they were they were like get, they were on their way out, obviously. So the director of Madam Web, S.J. Clarkson, I don't know if you re- remember that name, no, but she was she was originally tapped to direct Star Trek Four. Oh, that's right, with Matt yeah. Shackman. Yeah, and and uh, basically, like she was like really propped up. She was very overly hyped. Uh, when I, I believe she was like the second director attached to Star Trek four or something like that. And then she moved on and, and now she's the director of this movie. And everyone's like, why what, was she so highly praised? This movie's terrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm glad that, uh, I mean, not that it's ever going to matter, but because we know, we both know that Star Trek is not coming out. Like they're not making a Star Trek four. <laughs> it's just not happening. Um, not in this universe. That's for sure. It'll be a reboot. It'll be like, Star Trek 30, you know, 20, 20, 35 or something. But um, I'm glad that she didn't get her, her hooks into it. But I'm also glad, I'm also depressed that watching Matt Chapman, who, who does appear extremely competent, you know, Marvel pulled him away to do this Fantastic Four thing, which we're going to talk about a little later. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but Matt Chapman was the showrunner on... Um... Was it Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple? Oh, was it really? Yeah, that, that was his baby. Yeah, so so he is, uh, he's talented then. Well, not if you've seen Monarch Legacy of Monsters. <laughs> oh, I thought it was good though. I watched the first like two episodes. I loved it. So the first two episodes are good. Then the middle episodes are pretty terrible. And then the last episode's okay. Wow. Wow. You just, you just ruined my next binge. So fun. <laughs> They're also in the movie is Celeste O'Connor. And she is the most annoying part of the movie, uh, like hands down. And then the bad guy is uh, Tahar Rahim. He's the second most annoying thing in the movie. And the only saving grace, in my opinion, was Adam Scott and Dakota Johnson. So the the bad guy, Tahar Rahim, uh, I believe he's a French actor. And they had to literally overdub all of his lines because you couldn't understand him with his accent. And it's very evident. That was one of my criticisms. It is so clear that he is not saying what he's saying on screen. Like it's, it feels like you ever watch Netflix and like a movie comes up, you're like, wow, this movie looks great. And you and you go turn it on and sing English. It's, you're like, oh, I haven't ever heard of this. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is like a form and yeah. stuff. That's exactly every time he spoke, it was, I felt like I had that Netflix dub effect and it totally threw me off where his lips don't match what he's saying right doesn't match um so adam scott so in the first act and i might quickly burn through this real quick first act is actually pretty good um and that's because it's adam scott and dakota johnson and they're basically just setting up their connections their their history and what they're doing now like their lives and they're they're you know emts in new york and they have a very good chemistry and um and there's a lot to like about that first act. Now, the interesting part is at the end of that first act is when they sort of hint at her powers because she basically dies. Sorry, spoiler alert if you guys are going to watch this. She dies. She gets thrown in some water. He has to, like, bring her back with CPR. And she gets... That's when she starts experiencing her powers. And my first thought watching this was that would be a perfect place to end an, a first episode of Madam Web the series. Well... After Act 1, everything fell apart. Act 2 was a disaster. 
It was when all of a sudden he's like, this character is is coming for these spider girls. They're not spider girls yet. They're regular girls. They're obnoxious. She saves them by accident. They just happen to be in the same place at the same time, and she saves them. They're completely ungrateful. They're rude to her. It's a whole thing. Act two is basically them running from this person and them connecting as as characters. But there is zero chemistry between Dakota Johnson and Celeste O'Connor and and any of the girls. But I would say the only real chemistry is between Dakota Johnson and Sydney Sweeney. And even then, it's like hit or miss. So then Act 3 comes, and this is when all of a sudden she, she just shows up in the Amazon rainforest and she's trying to figure out her powers. This person who was at one point on television as kidnapping three minors then quickly gets into a plane and just goes to the Amazon rainforest. And within the first five minutes of Act 3, she, is, she has already tracked down her, her entire history and she's talking to one of the spider people. It's so weird. Then she's right back in New York, just in time to save them again by co-opting, and this is the best part. She co-ops an ambulance. She goes to Ben's house. She puts. She tells Ben to watch the girls. When she goes to Ben's house, Ben and the girls are not there. But she has a vision when she's at Ben's house. And she has a vision of the bad guy, the antagonist, Ezekiel, landing on the hood of Ben's car and exploding it, right? Throwing a grenade at them or whatever. So an ambulance pulls up and runs into another house. She gets in the ambulance and takes off. The EMTs are now at someone's house, and we have no idea what those people, what their problem is. Is, is that person dying? Is it an overdose? What's the issue? She just takes off in their ambulance and leaves the EMTs completely alone and without a vehicle. She then uses the uses the ambulance to crash through a parking structure and into Ezekiel to save the girls. It was it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. The whole thing was stupid. But this is where it really gets bad. The Act 3 is so rushed. Uh, and it's clearly, Act 3 is clearly sponsored by Pepsi-Cola because not only do they offer each other Pepsis nonstop, but then the final fight is taking place on top of a Pepsi-Cola sign. I'm not joking. In fact... She doesn't kill the bad guy. The Pepsi Cola sign does. <laughs> it's the choice of a new generation, Brian. <laughs> oh, man. And in that process is when we see her actually become the classic Madam Web, where she's like paralyzed and she's blind. And I didn't think she was that hurt, but apparently she got hurt enough to where she was literally like completely like paralyzed and blind. And the thing is, this show could have been i actually feel like it could have been a decent tv show like if you actually let all these elements breathe and introduce the characters over a period of like 10 episodes or whatever and you know gave it gave them all backstories just like you did in the first act for the main characters you could have had a decent tv show here but you had one first act pretty decent and then two extremely rushed acts well, they just assume the audience were too stupid to realize that, like, like the logistics of her just showing up in the Amazon rainforest. The Amazon rainforest is huge. It's a massive place. She just shows up in the rainforest and she's looking at old photos and comparing them to places that her mom has been. Like, she got there in a day. Within a day, she was there. She got her business done and she was back. It made no sense. 
So it's, it's like it was made for children and they didn't have enough time to actually have proper amount of space and, and hours and days take place between scenes. So they just sort of crumped everything together and didn't make any sense, man. So Brian, I don't know if you remember when we covered this on Salty Saturdays, but so this movie was shot and completed. And then the studio executives decided to set it in the um, Andrew Garfield Spider-Verse. Oh, right? God. Like Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Garfield was going to be the Spider-Man in the right. Madam Web universe. And they realized that, you know, because of Andrew Garfield's age and stuff like that, that they had to go back and reshoot a large portion of this movie to make the technology and, and cars and fashion and stuff like that look like it was from the early 90s. Right. Okay. Um, because in the movie, Peter Parker's not born yet. You know, like this is way before Spider-Man, all right. this other stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and a big part of it is that the new song that just dropped is Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Yeah. So so when they start going back, they had to reshoot a large portion of this movie to make it fit into that timeline. But in addition to that, right, uh, the writer's strike happened. Mm. And so the prevailing theory right now is that much of this movie, especially the reshoot parts, were was written by Chat GTP. No, because they they couldn't get the writers and they were under a release date gun. They had to do these reshoots, especially before the actors went back oh, on strike. No. And so a lot of the dialogue in this movie is attributed to AI. Right. Now, when you were listening to the dialogue in this movie would you say it was accurate that, that it sounded like a AI wrote it? Well, no, I don't think so. It didn't, it didn't sound so. like an AI. I, yeah. I mean, like I wasn't looking for that. Maybe if I was looking for that, there was a very interesting thing that I thought could have been an AI thing. And I got, again, I wasn't looking about it, looking for it, but I did think this the second I heard it was when she went to the Amazon um, <laughs> and she's talking to like the spider tribe leader or whatever <laughs> so fucking dumb she she asked him how can i beat ezekiel when he has all these powers or whatever and he's like when you take i wrote this down because it was so stupid when you take on the responsibility great power will come and i thought to myself that sounds like ai was trying to interpret the classic spider-man With great power comes great responsibility right yeah. it sounds like good if you ever use AI, like it rewrites a lot of stuff and it's like out of order. And that's why a real writer doesn't want to use AI because like it sounds off, like things don't sound right. And the classic line is with great power comes great responsibility. But the AI version is when you take on responsibility, great power will come. <laughs> you know? So it did. I did think that there was a couple things too, like when they're in the diner, um, Dakota Johnson said this too. She said that, for whatever reason, um, she felt very disjointed and she attributed it to the fact that they had to shoot a lot of scenes that didn't actually end up in the movie because they were it was part of her power set or whatever. And in in the diner scene, by the way, the diners the diner that they're in is called Four Star Diner, which is so weird to me. <laughs> like most ratings are five stars. So it's like, imagine starting a diner where the name of the diner is like, we're okay. 
we're we're good enough. <laughs> that's that's the first thing that that popped in my head. Well, four stars is more realistic. They didn't want to give a full five stars right. because people would be like, ah, oh, right. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not five stars. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with four stars. Four, four stars, more realistic. Someone yeah. took time to make signs that just said four star diner in neon. So there's well, this. Go ahead. Finish There was a scene though where the black spider girl, I forgot her name again, Oliver, Celeste or whatever. She is, so she's extremely obnoxious and she's really pushy. And she wants to get Sydney's, uh, Sydney's character to go talk to these boys. And she like pulls Sydney up and she's like modifying her outfit to make her look more slutty, which by the way, not required. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First off, thank you, Celeste, but also. <laughs> Not required. Like she's already wearing a a wrinkled schoolgirl outfit, and she's Sydney Sweeney. Not not required. And then she pulls her up onto the table to dance to a Britney Spears song. And the interesting thing, and this is the part where I thought it felt like AI, is the what she said was like, "Come on, you know you like this song." And she goes, "This song, yeah." And I'm like, people don't talk that way. They just don't speak that way in real life. And then when she gets the vision, because apparently she left them in the forest and that's how they got to the four-star diner. She gets a vision and the same song is playing like on the radio. I don't know how long that song played for, but, or maybe it's a different radio station, but it was like, that song played for like 15 minutes straight, apparently, because she, she gets there just as Ezekiel is about to kill the girls, all three of them now, are dancing very slutty on top of a diner table with a bunch of frat guys looking up their dresses. And I'm like, they're, remember, they're high school students, bro. They made a point of saying that they're underage. And then, this whole thing is just, it feels like the scene, like, I guess you're right. Like, the scene could have been written by a chat GPT that just didn't know about like things like the fact that they're seven, like you didn't give it enough memory to understand, to remember that the girls are 17 <laughs> and that the song started playing three minutes ago. We're already in the chorus. There's no reason for that song to continually play for like 15 minutes straight. Things don't add up. Like it doesn't have, it doesn't have the memory of like a person would have when they're writing a script. <clears throat> well, to give you an idea of what Dakota Johnson thinks of this film immediately right before the press tour started, she fired her agent and manager. <laughs> In fact, she went on SNL and made an AI joke about the movie. No. Did she yeah, really? She, yeah, she said, like, like you know, like Dakota Johnson, I'm the star of Madam Web. If you're not familiar with Madam Web, it's like a movie your boyfriend would want to see if it was written by AI. Or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I mean. And, and she's not wrong, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, she basically had no faith in this movie and she was just kind of going through the motions with the press tour and in fact she was at uh, some film festival i forget which but she man she, she she's just so disillusioned at this point mm -hmm. where, where she's like she's like you can't get anything good made in hollywood everyone's afraid to take chances on yeah. stuff it was just a very bleak outlook on what's going on in hollywood right now i read i read that same article yeah it's a bummer because i do believe that she was very good in the movie like she did her best. There was a, a lot of what I'm assuming now is improvis improvisation on her part. Like for some reason, and this was a really weird part. 
she's in the train, like the subway or train or whatever it is in New York subway. And it's so weird. Some guy grabs her arm and says, where's my stop? And she's like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> and it felt like, imagine if chat GPT was rewriting this stuff and they would write in like these sub characters to like interact with. And of course it would think that it would ask, where's my stop? And her ad lib was like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> like she was arguing with the chat GPT. Another thing is too, the black spider girl, for some reason, like almost gets hit by her ambulance. And then she look, turns around and, and flips Dakota Johnson off. And Dakota Johnson's like, who flips off an ambulance? <laughs> I could just see like her, her ad lib throughout the first like two acts was her responding in real time to really poor writing. That's all I can think of. Well, it's not looking good for this movie. No, it's I'll not. Say, say that much. No, it's not. But you know what? Uh, if you guys want to go watch it, go check it out. I also heard it was like a big bait and switch because like the girls don't actually become spider girls at all. It's all like in like dream visions or possible futures or something like that. Yeah. The the part that the part in the trailer you see of them being spider girls, that's the entire part. That's everything. They never actually become spider girls. In fact, I think that given what Webb does to save them, there's no reason from to become a spider girls but i don't i don't know again this should have been like a cw series and it probably would have been bonkers successful but i don't know man i don't know all right let's move on <laughs> this nonsense we gotta enough talk about nonsense yes enough nonsense let's talk about this florida cop thing <laughs> and, <laughs> it's so dumb it's it's so unbelievably stupid okay <laughs> So what happened was, yeah, okay. So I'm going to show you this part first. This is a uh, deputy Jesse Hernandez. Okay. Actually, I'm going to show you the beginning. So they pull over a guy and they think that he stole. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me show you. There you go. So I can see you. They think that he stole his girlfriend's uh, car. So they're pulling him over and I'm going to turn the volume down a little bit. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right, and they don't believe him, so they go to his girlfriend, and I'm just gonna fast forward. And eventually, they lead, they lead her boyfriend. Look, here we go. They lead the guy in in handcuffs to the cop car, and they arrest him, or they're arresting him. He's in he's in handcuffs. Mind mind you, right now at this moment, while they're talking to the girlfriend, the guy is in handcuffs in the back of a police car. (laughs) Just remember that. The suspect who didn't steal a car, but they think he did, is in handcuffs in the back of the police cruiser. This is the body cam footage from Deputy Deputy Jesse Hernandez. What you didn't see is right about the time he gets to the back seat, an acorn drops from the tree and lands on top of the of the cruiser and makes a, a loud noise. Which he thinks is a gunshot. He thinks it's a gunshot. 
He thinks the guy that he just handcuffed with his hands behind his back is shooting at him from the back of the police cruiser. Okay. And he goes into like full mode. He's like, <laughs> he's like rolling. Tucks and rolls, yeah. He tucks and rolls. And then picks up his weapon and just starts blasting. He's just blasting at his own cruiser. Wait, wait. He rolls, he rolls over on his side, reloads. <laughs> now he's on his side. He reloads and continues to bolt into his own cruiser. <laughs> wait, wait I mean, he's going to reload a third time. He's reloading a third man. <laughs> he's now crawling. He's crawling away from the car. Now, that that's his body cam. Now, you need to see his partner's body cam footage. His partner is having a conversation with the the suspect's girlfriend two three miles what walking is okay i'm gonna play the whole thing ready it's a little minute but and she hears gunshots and her partner saying shots fired I'm okay do you know your tag number off the top of your head okay it's okay there, shots fired she comes out wait for what? it what oh. look at Right there, and just starts firing at her own car. <laughs> she doesn't even wait for him to respond, and now both of them are unleashing their their, their entire clips into their own police cruiser. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Okay, here we go. So she drops a whole clip, right? Whole clip. Jesse, Jesse, are you okay? <laughs> She's like, Jesse, are you okay? And he's crawling away from his car. She takes cover. Continuing to fire. Look at this. Get in the house! She's Jesse! out. You can hear her Get weapon. Back. Get back. Where is he? She's out of ammunition. She can hear her clipping it. She's still pointing. He's crawling away. She reloads. Give me traffic. Shots fired. Shots fired. And now I'm she's calling for backup. Shots fired. Shots fired. No! Off the McClellan. 43 SO. Oh. Okay. <laughs> These two cops are never going to live this down. <laughs> no. Never. Oh my god. And she was, yeah, that's the thing thing you wreck makes makes a good point. She was shooting at the car with her partner in the line of fire. This is I'm I'm only laughing because no one actually got hurt. Had someone got hurt, this would not be something that you would laugh at. Thankfully, no one got hurt. Uh, yeah, they're never going to work again. Like, this is not ever going to be. Like, here's what they said about it. This is from the Washington Post. Florida law enforcement officer shot an unarmed and handcuffed man. By the way, so the 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 way the guy survived is by just getting down and playing dead. Luckily, he was completely unscathed. They say, we are very thankful Mr. Jackson wasn't injured and we have no reason to think former Deputy Hernandez acted with any malice, though his actions were ultimately not warranted. <laughs> we do believe he felt his life was in immediate peril. His response was based off the totality of circumstances surrounding his fear. He says, we have no obligation to protect our officers. I'm sorry, just as we have an obligation to protect our, our officers so they can go home safely to their families, law enforcement has the same obligation to any citizens being investigated for a crime. 
Yeah, ultimately, Hernandez, he resigned. Because, of course, of course you are. And there was like this 40-page document where they outlined everything. And um, I love this part of the article. Hernandez and Roberts were shooting in crossfire positions and without cover. <laughs> Hernandez fired his last shots, laying on his left side in the road, yelling, I'm hit, I'm hit. In fact, he was he not was hit. hit. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> he's... How much money is that poor dude going to make off this? Like, I hope that he sues the city in Florida, o Ocaloosa, Florida, for a lot of dough. Yeah, Kenneth, after all those shots, they missed every, every one. But except for the car, the car is all shot up. I did, I found this online. I think it was, this came from, I think it came from Steven Crowder. I'm not sure. This was being shared around. Great, great way to end this. Drake, end this story with uh, Okaloosa 911. Check it out. I couldn't, I couldn't not do that. Was, when I saw that, I was like, we have to play that. And again, I didn't make that. I'm not sure who made that. I think it came from Crowder, but I'm not sure. It was just too perfect not to, not to end the segment with. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, oh, uh, Matt, have you seen the Fantastic Four poster? The new. Have I? You mean the, uh, uh Valentine's Day poster? Yes. Or the, Okay. The yes, Valentine's okay, so this is a this is a fun one. So first off, the casting. Tell me a little bit about the casting, Matt. How do you feel about this casting? So I'm okay with three fourths of the casting. <laughs> you, you don't like Pedro Pascal? I don't, especially considering that we had John Krasinski in the part back in Multiverse of Madness, and he was Shows. perfect. He was perfect for it, but I also think. Someone like Cillian Murphy or someone like that could have played the part really well. My issue is that basically Pedro was a diversity hire. It was specifically reported that uh, Kevin Feige said the cast for the Fantastic Four is too white. And so they needed to, to mix it up a bit. And so they decided to cast Pedro Pascal, who I think is an okay actor, but I'm not a fan of him as a, as a person. Right. But they decided that he was going to be cast in the role. I like Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm. I think she's she's going to be good in that. I like the guy from Stranger Things that they cast as Johnny Storm. I'm I'll be interested to see if he can kind of pull pull off the charisma that Johnny needs. And I also like the guy that they got as Ben Grimm. So I feel like uh, this is a almost perfect cast for the roles. So yeah, it would have been perfect with with uh john i believe i think the same way 
I don't mind the Pedro Pascal, the Pedro Pascal, Pascal, ugh, uh, <clears throat> casting. I expected so much worse. I think that's why. Excuse me. I expected so much worse. I expected there to be like all kinds of DEI requirements just oozing out of this project. The fact that that all of the characters, you know, reasonably resemble their comic book counterpoint, the counterparts is sort of crazy to me. Well, here's the thing though. Like Reed Richards is supposed to be like the, the smartest man alive. Like he puts Tony Stark to shame. Right. Right. And uh, I don't buy Pedro Pascal <laughs> as uh, coming off as very smart. Yeah. Like, like, like of average intelligence. Sure. Like, like me and him probably, you know, same level of intelligence, but Reed Richards is supposed to be so freaking smart. And Pedro just doesn't give off that vibe to me. Never yeah, has. no, you're right. And, and, and John did like John. In fact, the best part of mask multiverse of Maz multiverse of madness was seeing him coming out of one of those portals and turning around in that costume. It, it, I flipped out. Yep. He, he's literally perfect for the role. And I would argue his wife is also perfect for Sue Storm. That should have been the two people, but we're not getting that. Well, I like Vanessa Kirby a lot. I think she fits the role probably better than the previous two women that played it. Sure. She's also the appropriate age. And instead of like some, you know, 22 year old, it's someone that actually matches Mr. Fantastic's age a little better, at least visually. Yeah. And I like the guy they got to play Ben Grimm. I know that he was in the Punisher uh, TV show as a microchip, I think. And so like, and those are considered canon. And a lot of people were like, oh, how are they going to pass off the same actor in the same role? Uh, but, you know, the thing's going to be CGI for like 95% of the movie. Yeah. You know? Most of the movie is going to be him and CGI. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be his voice. Well, also, I saw this a really funny comment on some Facebook group where it was like, Vanessa Kirby is going to be officially the only person with the last name Kirby to make money off Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. For those of you who don't get it, Jack Kirby uh, was the original artist. Yeah, and he's not making any money off that. Or his estate well, isn't. Well, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, his estate isn't. I did notice something. They have the little robot. Yep. You remember that from the comics? Oh, yeah. 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 So that's a cool character. And Are I know they... why they're doing it. Oh, toys? Toys, bro. That's yeah. going to be Toys or Us. You know, there's going to be so many toys coming out. This is going to be their next Star Wars franchise. That's what they're hoping. Well, also, like, they're going to have, like, the, what was it, the Fantastic Car or something like that? But yeah. More um, toys. The, the Baxter building. My big question is. Who is going to be the bad guy? And if it's Dr. Doom, who's going to be playing Dr. Doom? It will not be Dr. Doom. Not this time. Although I do believe we're being soft introduced to Dr. Doom. Because I think Dr. Doom is in uh, Deadpool. Because there was a couple shots of the Deadpool trailer. If you watch that last uh, trailer reaction is they had a comic book on the ground. That was the introduction of Deadpool. I'm sorry, of Dr. Doom. And one of the machines, one of the bad guys in there, he flips around like this weird arm thing that comes out. And it was so, it was like Dr. Doom aesthetic, you know, to the extreme. So I believe they're going to introduce Dr. Doom in Deadpool. They might soft introduce him here as like a character that's no, that's not yet an antagonist of some sort, you know? 
Well, you know, in the comics, Dr. Doom and Reed Richards were like friends. Right. right. And then they became enemies. Uh, I saw it, it was a fake post, but it, it got some traction on Twitter this morning where basically a fake news account was reporting that, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Superman. Oh, Henry Cavill. Uh, Henry, yeah, Henry Cavill. Uh, ha- has been cast as Dr. Doom. <laughs> and even and even though it was a fake story, I was like, you know what? That would be really inspired casting. Yeah. If they got uh, Henry Cavill to play Dr. Doom. Um, but my vote is for Brian Cranston. I would love Brian Cranston to play Dr. Doom. And they're the right age. It would it would work. Yeah, Brian. I want to see Brian Cranston in a truly evil role. We have not yet seen that. Not like a oh, really freaking like, bad. I know, but he was also sort of the anti-hero in some places. Like he wasn't always well, the bad guy. When when he would shift over to Heisenberg, he was definitely bad guy. So we want to see him in that like supervillain mode the entire time. I feel like we were robbed because he was supposed to be at least he, he was in talks at one point to play Lex Luthor. And that never happened. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Um, yeah, I do believe it's a Galactus thing. Um, some nerd like upscaled this and like zoomed in on the guy's helmet here. And I guess if you zoom in, and, and by the way, this is not a confirmation because when you upscale an image, it adds pixels that weren't there. It doesn't just reveal stuff that was supposed to be there. That's not how upscaling works. Well, considering they're going to be putting in a female silver surfer, it makes sense that Galactus somehow ties into that. Right. And it would also tie into the Eternals, you know. Yeah, I guess. Stuff that they've already done. So in that in that upscale, they did show like a Galactus looking helmet, but I don't believe that's true. Um, I believe that that was just a, a product of the upscale. And uh, again, upscaling adds pixels that aren't there. But I, but it makes sense. Like what Matt just said, it makes complete sense that Galactus is at least the introduction to Galactus. And remember, Galactus wasn't always the bad guy. So he is, Galactus is more of like, he, he's sort of like a, a force of nature. And sometimes if, if, if his goals align with your goals, he can be on your side or it couldn't be. So if, if they managed to convince him not to eat Earth, you know. Well, do you do you remember in Fantastic Four Two: Rise of the Silver Surfer, Galactus was just an angry cloud, right? Which was stupid. Yeah, but uh, you know they've kind of already set the stage for like the was it like the big celestial um, gods uh, in the Eternals? Like you know they show up in the orbit of Earth, which would have totally destroyed the Earth. And there's still one that's kind of popping up out at the top of the earth with like the hand. Right. Tiamu. 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 Whatever. Which, which would have destroyed the, you know, atmosphere on earth. No, no. Yeah, it would have destroyed. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be in such, it'd be a really bad thing for that. Yeah, something I mean, that large. It, to just, yeah. it would have literally destroyed the earth. Pretty right. much. <laughs> right. You, you know, forget about it hatching like an egg. Just the fact that it came up through the mantle and, you know, came out of came out of the ocean the water displacement like all this other stuff it would have been catastrophic right but so maybe that motion is what is what brought brings galactus to our doorstep maybe i mean i really don't want the eternals to go further into canon because uh, it was so stupid and they were meant to kind of replace the x-men and now that they own now that marvel owns the rights to the x-men once more they're going to be bringing the x-men on board especially with their or deadpool and wolverine so, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see like where they start taking the Marvel universe. I feel like uh, everything is kind of pointing in the wrong direction still. Like, of course, Deadpool is going to be good. But then the Captain America movie, which has been reshot like 5,000 times. Right. 
because they don't know what the hell to do with it. Uh, that's going to be terrible. Agatha, Darkhold Diaries, or whatever they're calling it now, is going to be terrible. Um, it's it's going to be a weird, weird phase. Or, I don't even know. Is it phase six yet? Into phase five? Phase, phase six. Yeah, but you know what, though? <clears throat> this movie can escape all that. Off one thing, one, one obvious thing here is that they are in the past. They, this is all happening in the 60s sometime. He's like the magazine he's holding is a 60s issue magazine. But then if you look at the uniform that that um, Ben is wearing, that isn't actually that's an 80s style astronaut uniform. So you have like this extreme uh, 60s, 60s aesthetic to this poster. But he's wearing in his in, in his in his uh, his astronaut uniform is from the 80s or early 90s. So more than well, likely, the way they get their powers is also takes them back into time, and we, maybe we can skip. They can skip all the. Well, phase. the reason, the reason that they weren't in the original phase of Marvel with you know the Infinity War and stuff like that, is because this Fantastic Four, from what I've heard, could be wrong. Yes, you're right. It takes place in like the the sixties or seventies, in an in a different multiverse, right? Mm -hmm. In a different universe. Mm -hmm. And somehow they cross this fantastic four team crosses over into our universe and becomes heroes in our modern day. And so like, that's kind of like the plot that I've heard, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they dimension hop essentially. Right. Okay. And maybe, maybe that's what Deadpool sets up. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. Marvel Jesus. Right. (laughs) All right. Well, and let us know what you guys think about this. How do you think about the casting? What do you think about the premise? Let us know what you guys think. I feel like the Fantastic Four has been just historically mismanaged in live action. Like they've never quite gotten it right. I really disliked the first Fantastic Four movie. And I'm a Fantastic Four fan. I like I like the dynamic of the family. Sure. But like I just remember I remember going to the theater to see that movie. And you've seen the the one with Jessica Alba and Ian yeah. Ruffle and stuff like yeah. that. Okay where uh, Captain America plays Johnny Storm, essentially. Right, right. And there's a scene in the middle of the movie where they all come together and use their powers to save all these people who are, like, in a a traffic accident on a bridge. Right. And it's an accident that they themselves caused. Right. And And so instead of coming off as heroic, it's like they're just covering their asses because they're the ones who caused this, like, massive, uh, catastrophic car accident that, put a lot of people's lives in jeopardy. I still believe that they only did that scene to get Jessica Alba naked. Maybe, but the whole point I'm I'm trying to make is like, you can't have a superhero team become superheroes based off of a catastrophe that they themselves caused. No, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Those, those aren't superheroes. Those are incompetent people. Right. Uh, It was my, that was my same problem with the umbrella Academy. I don't know if you ever watched the umbrella Academy on Netflix. Uh, Basically, all those characters were not heroes. They were assholes and they caused all the problems that they had to solve. So it was very hard to root for them. Uh, no, you're right. No, the best thing about the Unreal Academy was uh, their appropriate use of time travel. I like how they explained it, but yeah, it was okay. Like that, that show has so many problems. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly that the characters are so unlikable. Oh yeah. In every oh, way. Yeah. They're so unlikable. It's crazy. Incredibly um, unlikable. You find yourself rooting against them when they meet the yep. other Umbrella team. You're like, yeah, you know what? Let's just get rid of these ones. Like, <laughs> but the other, but the other Umbrella team are a bunch of assholes. I know. Too. Yeah, they um, end up being just as bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about X Men '97. You've seen this trailer, right? 
I have not seen the trailer yet. Okay. Well, try to boot it up so you can hear it. And this is just, just to recap for me. It, I was watching the original X-Men cartoons when I was in high school and um, I loved them. Loved everything about them. They now, good. when I saw the trailer for this today, I thought like immediately I felt nostalgic. I was like, Oh, this looks great. Right? Like, Oh my God, the X-Men are coming back and in, in this, in, they're going to continue the, the stories. But then I had this feeling too, like I also no longer care about that style of animation. Like I've definitely grown way past this. So while I like this trailer, we're going to watch it together here. I don't know. I don't know if I, if I really care as much or if I just feel nostalgic and that's really, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm coming from with this right now. Here we go. Watch the series finale of X-Men next Saturday morning. And I like that too. So remember X-Men was canceled. If you can recall, and it did end almost every episode with like next Saturday, we'll be back next Saturday. And it never came back. So this is a really cool way of starting this trailer. Check your local listings. I'm grateful to have the chance to say goodbye. I am proud you all. Fate lies in our hands now. 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 That's cool. That's really cool the way it goes from like that old animation into the into the modern like a modern version of that. We have to stay vigilant. The professor entrusted us with his dream. I'm gonna be honest though, it does still look like the original animation, like just upscaled. It looks like upscaled version of the original animation. It doesn't look like the added additional resolution to it. No matter how dark it is, we must believe in each other. Get this done by working together as a team. Jeez, Bob, keep buzzing in my ear. Real quick, the voices sound right. So that's good. Like, they sound like the original voices, which is a big deal for me. Like that that is so freaking rad. I want to curse so bad right now. I'm not going to. That that is so rad. The way he gambit, you know, makes his claws explosive when he's it's just so cool. With the music, just like it just hits. Thank you. DS. The theme goes so hard. It just it is a really badass trailer. Honestly. I don't know how much of it though is me remembering when I was 17. Or if it's actually good. I know the theme music's still good, but like, how much? I don't know. I, it's, I'm having a hard time with this. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to get hyped up and then be let down. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Brian. Marvel Studios live action would right. not have thought to put Gambit on Wolverine's back and ex- make his claws explosive. Okay, you're right. Okay, so that that is a really good point because that is so rad. Who thought that up then? The animators. 
the yeah. ones who actually care, care about the material. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I, don't, I, 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 that's a really good point because that is so badass and something that most fans have been have died to see. Like that is, you're adding something that we have never seen before that we've all would have loved to have seen at some point. That's super rad. And, and you just know shit's about to go down right. when that happens. Right. And that look on his, on Gambit's face, <clears throat> you got the you got the right characters. It's working. You know, we we got a heroic Cyclops instead of a, a cuck. Right. You know. Yeah, bub. <laughs> no, it's great. I love this. But again, I don't know how much of it. Uh, it's coming in March. I don't know how much of it is nostalgia or what, but is it is it on Disney Plus? It's on Disney Plus. I'll watch that. Yeah, and there's this really cool shot. Uh, let me show you. Turbo the end. Where the music, it it lands with the Disney Plus thing. I don't know. It's sort of cool. Whoever did that did a good job. I don't know, man. I'm going to give it a try. I am hearing some stuff like there's like non-binary characters. And I noticed in the trailer, we didn't see any new characters. And that sort of scares me because like when, when they're showing you all the, all the characters you love, that just means that. They're gonna add stuff to the actual to the actual series that that is new. And well, not... if, if 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 they're required to fit into the uh, DI sheet that Disney makes all their content with, then yeah, we'll probably see some of that. But at least we'll know that it's not their decision. It's because right. they they have to do it for Disney. Um, but y- you know what's funny, man, is, is like a lot of these animated projects, especially in, on the DC side of things, are far better far far better than the uh live action stuff and i've always thought that it would make sense to bring in like some of the animation guys because mm-hmm. they're obviously fans to like oversee a lot of the live action stuff like bruce tim can you imagine if bruce tim was in charge of like you know the dc universe this is the guy who brought us batman the animated series superman the animated series and of course the justice league animated series all of which were fan freaking tastic yeah I would, I would love, like, speaking of the Justice League, like, the Justice League Unlimited was so good that even now, as a you know, 43-year-old man, um, I go back to watch that last season, like... Yeah, that stuff's good, good man. It's so good. It, it deals with real heroes that have loss, and, like, re, like their, their, their humanity shows through, their, their pain, their victories, they, like, oh my god, some of the themes you have to deal with, like betrayal by one of their own um that last that one of the last episodes where lex luther is the one who actually saves the entire earth from not not thanos <laughs> from dark side it's from dark side yeah but that, but that that last episode's so good because superman's like this entire time all these years i've had to be careful everything i touch is like paper but now I get to unleash and like literally the name of the series and he just goes hard on dark side and they go at it. They're destroying everything. But the one who saves the day is the bad guy who's like, look, I don't care about you guys, but this is my home too. And he is the one who he gets, who gets the anti-life equation. He's the one who shows up and, and the way he shows up is so good. He's about to kill Superman. The Lex Luthor saves Superman by popping into the pit and going, sorry, I'm late. I had to get my power suit. Referring to his suit, not a power suit, just his regular 
business suit. And he convinces Darkseid to take the Analab equation, which effectively probably kills them both and saves Superman and saves the Earth. The fact that after all these years, the one to save the planet and his biggest enemy is Lex Luthor, the only person that's, that's a regular human? Perfect. Well, the, the interesting thing about Lex Luthor is that he is pro-Earth. Like, he wants to rule humanity. He doesn't want the Earth to be destroyed. Right. And his, his, his biggest issue with Superman wasn't only that Superman was physically more powerful than him, but morally more powerful than him. And so he always resented Superman, right. distrusted him because of that. Right. So, like a lot of weird emotions going on with machinations going on with Luther, where he was a villain simply because he didn't trust Superman. He didn't like Superman. Right. When the chips are down, like he, he's like, no, like I'm going to save Earth. I'm going to save humanity. Yeah. When, when all those villains are up in JLU Tower and they're like, well, I mean, it's our, it's our home too. So truce. It was just a really cool moment that you have people like Lex who are just dead set against being evil, but not when it not when it involves Earth. Well, that well now now we all got to work. It's just a really cool. That entire cartoon is so badass. I still to this day watch that. That last yeah. season is is perfection. Like ha, perfect. Have you seen Have you seen Young Justice? I have. Yeah, dude, Young Justice is really good too. Yeah, the first season I think is the best season. Um, I like Aqualad a lot. I do believe that some of the some of the things they get up to could easily be solved by just the Justice League showing up. So that turn that 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 knowing that in the back of my head, you know, ruins some of the episodes to me. But I do like it, and I like the I like the super what is it Superboy Super Kid whatever the guy was he's not quite Superman he's like a clone of Superman, mm. but he's like but he can't really he can't fly but he can jump really high you know <laughs> that, that guy. No, I mean overall. Like the the people that do these animation know what they're doing. I I just recently watched like War World, I think it was called, and the Dark Justice League with Constantine. Brilliant, brilliant yeah. movies. Like oh, yeah. if, if we had seen those movies in live action, it'd be they'd be like billion dollar friend movies. But are you looking forward to Creature Commandos at all? I think it's a bait and switch, bro. I I'm starting to think like, why would you start with Creature Commandos? If you're not it's already written, but is it though? We don't know. Well, according I think, to James Gunn, it is. I know. I think Creature Commandos is. I don't think it's exactly what we think it is. I think it's something different, and I can't put my finger on it. But I don't think we're gonna get like the first movie we're getting is 100% Superman Legacy. Whatever mm. that is, is not gonna be a movie. Probably gonna be a TV show, and it's, it's well, gonna be setting up well, the universe. <clears throat> Well, he said that Creature Commandos is going to be a, was it a cartoon series? Oh, oh I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, no, it, it's it's an animated series for Max. Oh. It's going to be the fir- first thing that's released. Oh, that's cool. In, in, in the gun universe. Then I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to, I'm happy to see it then. As long as it doesn't have like, you know, bisexual Batman and stuff like that. Like, don't do that. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the one property that's announced that I'm the most excited for in the gun universe is a uh, booster gold. Oh yeah. I'm just mad that Nathan Fillion's not playing booster gold. Yeah. But I, I feel like, uh, who's that guy? He was in top gun Maverick. He's in the upcoming twisters movie. Yeah. I know you're talking uh, about. Yeah. He, like, I feel like he would be the perfect booster gold. Yeah. He um, was in Glenn. He, Powell. He was in, 
yeah, Glenn Powell, that's him. He was in Scream Queens. He played Chad Radwell, who basically was Booster Gold. Right. You know, he is perfect. Yeah, he would be a per- he'd be a perfect casting. And now in his age, like he wouldn't it wouldn't have worked when if you went back back to like his old some of the older movies and TV shows where he, it was it was basically just like CW stuff. Mm-hmm. He was too much of a pretty boy. Now he has a little age on him. It would definitely work. Uh, yeah, Glenn Powell here. Glenn Powell as Booster Gold. Yeah, hundred percent. Wasn't he in some like you bowl movies too? Uva Bowl or Uva Boston, Bowl, yeah. whatever his name is. Possibly, I, I have to look at his filmography. <laughs> I think he was, bro. But 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 the thing that he does so well is he plays like the the ego egotistical pretty boy so well. Yeah, and that that is Booster Gold in a nutshell. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right, hundred percent. Um, yeah, Nathan Fillion can't play every role. Yeah, this this, this, this <laughs> although well, I wouldn't already, mind. He's already a Green Lantern. Yeah, so. yeah. I just hope that he's the Green Lantern that sticks. He's not like the the starter Green Lantern. Oh, that's gonna make me mad. Well, do you remember under J.J. Abrams originally the Green Lantern was gonna be like a buddy cop film with Tom Cruise and like Idris Elba or something like that? Yes, which I still would love to see what that what that would look like. Yeah, they basically said it's Lethal Weapon in space. But imagine Idris Elba as as a uh, John Stewart, John Stewart, and Tom Cruise as Hal Jordan or whatever. Like, oh my God, what a dream, what a dream setup that would be in space. Like, come on. That sounds amazing. I don't know. It sounds like someone was on like the pitch floor and they're like, all right, all right. What do you think about this? Tom Cruise (laughs) as Howard Jordan and Idris Elba as Jon Stewart. Space cops. (laughs) It was like, yes. Let's do that. Like, I haven't talked to Tom Cruise people yet or Idris Elba. Also, haven't gotten the right screen Lantern, but we're going to try and make that happen. <laughs> so, sounds like an amazing pitch. And they, were, they didn't have any of their ducks in a row. <laughs> well, um, it was J.J. Abrams at the time. He was just like, oh, J.J., you can, you can pull it off. That's what you, you paid, so much, paid so much money for J.J. Abrams to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that insane amount of money they paid for a science fiction movie that would have cost so much money. This day was like, you know what? Never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about our contract. We're cool. Like we don't want to produce any of your movies. Cause they're all extremely over budget. <laughs> Michael Nemo says the voice casting on Bruce, Tim's shows on Bruce, Tim's shows were much better than actual live action casting for the past 35 years. Ed Asner as granny goodness inspired AF. It's true. I didn't know Ed Asner played grant granny. That's interesting. Really? He played Granny Goodness? That makes sense. And Bruce Tim was was the guy who um found the voice of Batman. Um what's his name? Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Perfect, perfect voice. And Mark Hamill as the Joker, he's the one who cast him. Yeah, didn't he also play he was also the toy the toy maker in that old Flash <laughs> movie or series, which is basically yeah. the Joker. Which he reprised in the modernized Flash series as well. Oh, did really? I didn't see that. I gotta go back and oh, watch yeah. that. No, no, no. So, like, I think it was in season three where Mark Hamill came in, reprised his original role as the toy maker mm-hmm. um, from the original Flash series. And he had 
the young toy maker who was like the, the villain of the show and they kind of teamed up together. And he had that line where he's like, I am your father. You know, like, <laughs> it, was, it was a really funny, like star Wars nod. Trickster. Trickster, trickster, not not yes. Toymaker. Thank you. Thank you, you Michael. Um, yeah, you know what's funny is I remember watching The Flash where I'm remembering that now, where um <clears throat> for somehow the original nineties Flash came into the sh- into the show. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, Well, how does this work? How how do you have two? And they just gave him a different name. But if well, you go- he, he was he was the Silver Age Flash in the show. Right, but in the original '90s Flash show, that was Barry Allen. So they brought the actor that played that, but he gave him Mm -hmm. the other guy's name. Yeah, they 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 turned him into a different Flash. Right, because the the original Flash show from the '90s was not canon in in the new Flash. I think it was actually. I I think I I think think during Crisis they made it canon. Well, it it might have been a separate universe Mm. type thing, but in the actual like show universe, it was not canon. But yeah. they brought in they brought in the original guy who played the Flash in that TV show. His name is like John Wesley something. I always forget. Yeah, John Wesley Ship. That's his name. Yeah, good times. I remember that the, the the original Flash show was like my actual introduction to like live action superhero stuff because I had not aside from the Batman that was the only thing I ever seen. I saw the Batman with Michael Michael Keaton and then that. You know the the first two seasons of Arrow are really freaking good. Right. The first two seasons of The Flash, really freaking good. Yeah. Everything after that, pure crap. Yeah. It got pure, the CW treatment. Unadulterated crap. And then don't even get me started on Legends of Tomorrow. That was a pure shit show. Yeah. I love Legends later seasons. The first like three seasons are pretty bad. But later on when they stop trying and they just they're just doing their own thing and they're not connected at all to any of the CW crap. It becomes good to me. Have you seen the last couple of seasons? I couldn't make it past season two. So I would completely avoid the first three or four seasons and just watch like five, six, and seven. Where they stop caring about anything CW and they just do their own thing. It's actually a good time. Do you think the Penguin show is going to be any good? No. No, I don't. I, I didn't like that character in The Batman. And I don't see why I would want to see him in, in his own show. I don't. I actually. I don't understand. I'm kind of looking forward to it because I did like Colin Farrell's portrayal, like his version of the Penguin. Mm-hmm. So it might be okay. I know that. So I was really excited when Gotham first started. Right. Because I, I was, I was like, this is the guy who did um, uh, the Mentalist, which was a show I really enjoyed. And it's like, oh, he's going to get his hands on the Batman universe. Right. And immediately, immediately, when I watched the first episode, I was like, "This is pure shit. It's gonna be terrible." Right. But they did have they did have an interesting take on Penguin and the Riddler and all this other stuff. But like, I feel like it, Gotham was such a missed opportunity in terms of like what they could have done, right, with that show. Um, but uh, with the Penguin, I, f- I feel like that show is going to be the type of show I wanted Gotham to be. Mm-hmm. And it's going to set the stage for like other stuff, but I'm so confused about how the Matt Reeves Batman is supposed to fit in with the James Gunn Batman. I don't think it does. I think we're going to see the Matt Reeves thing fade out. I don't think James Gunn, I don't think he wants anything to do with it. I think that the studio is um, 
gently pushing him to include it as elsewhere as elseworld stuff i don't think it has anything to do with james gunn's universe but at the same time it's like you're gonna have two competing batmans out there you're gonna have the standalone joker movie with uh you know um lady gaga right uh, you're gonna have a, a a max original series based around the battinson universe and i know that they had other series planned for that as well so I, i'm just i'm just i'm so confused as to like you know i really feel like gun should have done a crisis on infinite earths style storyline to bring the snyderverse to an end and wrap all this stuff up and then like start fresh like a soft reboot type thing i completely agree which is what the flash was supposed to be like you think it's you think it's coincidence that we were seeing all those planets from different dimensions coming in literally smashing into each other like he was booting up crisis but they went a completely different route with that. I'm not sure why. Like, he was in the process of starting the Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline. And they literally rewound and said, never mind. Like, they could have just did Crisis. You had everything there. That could have been the first movie. In fact, how about you take the Flash movie, make it Crisis, and push it to the end of all these other movies... Don't come out. All right. Don't come out on a January before three movies are coming out and say, here's my The New Universe coming out. Nothing you're going to see this year matters. Instead, completely avoid that whole talk. Push the Flash to the end of the year. Replace Aquaman. You know, like swap those two things. Make the Flash the last movie in that line of, of movies. Make it Crisis. Do whatever you got to do to make that a crisis event and use that to set up your new universe. Then come out in January 2024 and say, here's the new lineup, boys. I don't understand the reasoning behind coming out a year before these billion dollar movies are happening and saying, you don't have to watch these. They don't matter. It makes no sense to do that. And you had crisis. You had it right there. You had all the elements you needed to make Crisis. But, I mean, part of it's got to be the fact that Ezra Miller is such a piece of shit, right? Yeah. Like, they couldn't rely on him to be the Flash. Like, if he was if he, if he was like a, just a little bit of a better person, I think maybe they would have gone with the Crisis storyline, what well, they were supposed to do. Even if they wanted to go forward with him, I don't think they'd be able to get him bonded for, like, a, a, another movie. Right, he's such a such a liability. Um, they I did like killed, Zach- him, killed him in Crisis, and at the end of Crisis, in the post credit scene, you see the portal open up, and like yellow and red boots, but you don't see who it is. Come out. Well, I, I would have just brought Grant Gustin in, right? Just have have him be the new Flash going right. forward. His show was ending, and they even connected the two in yep. the Flash universe. They connected Ezra Miller's Flash and Grant Gustin. Everyone, look, even if you don't like the Flash TV series, everyone pretty much agrees Grant Gustin's the best Flash we've had. Like, even if you don't like the series, you're like, Grant Gustin's a really good Flash. Boom. Just set it up. Think about how many DV, how many of those stupid, you're going to be reselling that, that guy's series for like the next two years before his next Flash movie come out. Like, imagine the digital sales you would get on seasons one through 95 or whatever it is of that show. You know, even if they weren't canon, it wouldn't matter. 
Yeah. Like, just have him come in and replace. Imagine that. Imagine the end credit scenes. Like, flat. Like, Ezra Miller's Flash, he dies to fix Crisis, right? Just like in the comic books. And the portal opens up. And then, like, you know, back to the future moment where you have, like, the newspapers flying and all that, right? And the camera slow pans, just like it did on Marty. And it's Grant Gustin. He's like, this is new. Boom. End. Bro. The, the crowd would have gone nuts. Oh, man. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's so many remnants of the Snyderverse that I think were good. Like, I really like Zachary Levi as Shazam. So do I. I think I think that they, they should have ported him over. I know that they're keeping the guy who plays Blue Beetle, even though Blue Beetle was a terrible movie. Yeah, but he's not, yeah, for some reason, his movie is not going to be actually a part of... It's so dumb. His movie is not going to be a part of... The, the Gunniverse. The Gunniverse. The Gunniverse. But the character is, which like, what? Yeah, it's why, very why, confusing. Why are you doing that? Stop and it. Stop doing that. It's so confusing to us. All signs point to Jason Momoa as being recast as Lobo. Yeah, I saw that too. Instead of Aquaman. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love him. That's a great cast. Great casting. Yeah. But it's a little confusing when you just had a movie. You just had a movie with him as Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Lobo technically has like a lot of makeup. Like you can probably hide, hide it, but it, it's, I can see Norman's being like, yo, what is Aquaman riding a space motorcycle? <laughs> you know, like he has the same tattoos, bro. Like <laughs> it's the same character. <laughs> and he's he even acts the same. Like Lobo and Jason Moe's Aquaman are basically the same character at once in water and once in space. <laughs> like that's, that's, yeah. Exactly. Drives me nuts. All right, we got Super Chats from Michael Nemo. Gotham went hard on Jada Pinkett, and she was super mad. Yeah, Jada Pinkett was horrible. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Terrible on that show. Her stupid bald head, when the camera pans around and it shows, like, Jada's, and she's like, show me what he did. You're like, are, are we supposed to feel threatened by this aging woman? Like... <laughs> In no way do I do I feel threatened by this character. Not that horrible actress, horrible character, didn't fit at all. Um, everything about that was bad. The only thing good about the seasons that had her was the guy with like no hair whatsoever. What's his name? Victor Zaz. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Every time he showed up, he was great. Thank you, Michael Nemo. Michael Nemo again for five dollars. I really enjoyed Superman and Lois, and even though they fired seventeen cast members for next season, yeah. Superman Lois was great. First couple seasons. Noticeable de- de- decline that last season that came out where you didn't have one of the Superboys, one of the sons, because he refused to get the the vaccine. That's what that's why he's not on the show anymore. Like, that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the concept behind that. Um li- li- like the, 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 the disease that is liberalism just sort of ruins everything. Michael Nemo for $2. Uh, B-I-T-D. Snyder wasn't interested in Tom Welling. I mean, Tom Welling is... I like he, Tom he Welling. Aged, he, he aged out. Yeah, you know? he aged out of it, dude. Like, have you have you seen the, the Talkville podcast, Brian? With Michael Rosenbaum? Mike, Mike, Michael yeah. Rosenbaum and yeah. Tom Welling. I listen to it every time it comes out. Yeah, it, it's a fascinating podcast, but Tom Welling, he's just like, fuck it, I got the dad bod. I don't need to be in shape. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is what Tom Wayne looks like now, and like, no offense to 
Like he plays, he plays a Winchester in Supernatural, one of my other favorite shows. I love this actor, but he's not Superman anymore, guys, and that's okay. You know, he ple- he got he got to don the role one more time, got to don the cape one more time in in the final crisis thing they had during the Flash series on CW. We got to see him one more time in that role, and even then, you're like, yo. Like, he worked out for this, and he's still, like, barely, barely passable as Superman. Yeah, he's dad bod welling now. Yeah, did you ever watch that show, Lucifer? Oh, yeah. Love that show. Yeah, he had a role in that as well. He played Kane, and he was fantastic. Guess what? Original murderer. Yeah, the the original murderer. And here's the deal. Loved that character. Loved him as that character. And at at no point where I was like, well, I was like, I would love to see him again as Superman. Because he doesn't look anything like Superman anymore, you know. That, no, that, no, he 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 was good when he was younger. Like like when he was younger, he fit the role of Clark Kent perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah. Uh, but th- then, like you know, seven seasons later, it's kind of like okay, I think we're ready to move on. And poor bastard's like, am I going to get to put on the cape at any moment? Like, no. Well, no. dude, the the craziest thing for me was Allison Mack becoming involved in a sex cult. <laughs> right, she did. She she became a. Nixium, Nix, Nix, Nix something, Nix, Nixum, something like that. But like, man, talk about a teenage fantasy come to life. I know Chloe, Chloe in, in a sex cult. Well, it was it wasn't yeah. just Chloe, if you recall. It was yeah, it was Chloe. This is the name of the cult. It was cult Chloe, but she also had Lana Lana Lane in there for about three or three or four months before Lana Lane. Kristen Kruk is like, yo, this is a sex cult. I'm yeah, dude. Allison Mack was like their head recruiter. Like she, she would go out and she would find like super hot young girls and indoctrinate them into this thing and then have threesomes with them. I know. It's horrible. But when I first heard this story, I was like, how do I join this, join this uh, cult? Uh, yeah. I was like, I was like, where's my box of tissue? How do I join this cult? Because Alex, uh, yeah, Allison Mack is one has always been my favorite and uh, she is setting up threesomes. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She just recently got out of jail. I heard. Oh yeah. She, she served her time. I guess. Allison. I would love it if, if she went on Michael Rosenbaum's inside of you podcast yeah. and just spilled the tea about what, what was going on there. Yeah, you know who you know who's super hot though is Erica Durant who played Lois Lane. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's gorgeous, and, and she's a nudist. Her and her husband. <laughs> of course she is. Yeah, they talked about it on Howard Stern, where where she's just like, yeah, I just walk around the house naked all the time. <laughs> this is what she said. I'm not the head of the harem. I'm recruit rec- recruiting young nubile women to be sex slaves. Like. You should just, that's the wrong thing to admit. First off, I didn't know I could like you even more than I like you. Secondly, you're saying that in front of a judge, dude. No, say you're brainwashed. Uh, Allison, have, have you met Sydney Sweeney lately? <laughs> she just really went all out and just admitted oh, to yeah. being like the mama son of this harem of young nubile women. Well, that's because she she was pleading. She she was trying to save her butt by doing a plea deal. And she oh, had she, to admit to it. She's out of jail now, it looks like. I wonder if we're ever see her in movies again. 
I kind of doubt it. I think that her reputation's been so tarnished that no one in Hollywood wants to work with her. But it's kind of funny to hear Michael Rosenbaum and um, Tom Welling on their podcast kind of like mention Allison Mack because like they never address what happened with her head on. Right. But whenever they bring her up, it's all, they're always very careful about like, you know, oh, we didn't know what was going on with her, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, like, that, that all happened after Smallville ended, right? It wasn't like it was happening during Smallville. I think it was happening towards the end of Smallville. Was it really? Oh yeah, like, like like when when she was involved in the show and stuff like that, she was getting involved in the cult. Yeah, she got Chris and Crook to even join for a minute. Yeah. Jeez. That's wild. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty, Scotty doesn't know. That was, by the way, Matt Damon's best role of all time mm-hmm. yep. was was as the punk rocker in in Euro Trip. Euro Trip. Yeah. Yep. I love that movie so much. It's not even funny. It, it, it's one of the funniest movies ever made. It is. It's so funny, and people do not give it credit, bro. They do not give it credit. That train scene. I'm sorry, go on a tangent. Excuse me. To this day, I've actually included that in random docs we've made. People have no idea what it's from. But every once in a while I include that as like a as like a cutaway when Shane's talking. And all of a sudden it's like, excuse, excuse. The people that know hit the comment section immediately. Most people are just like, they don't know what that is. But the scene is every time the train is going into a dark tunnel, this guy gets more and more naked and closer to them. And the best part was they're coming up in a long tunnel and they're like, oh no. Oh, and the, the look on his face. He's, he's like, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they come out the tunnel, he's completely naked smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there, there's that scene where the four kids are stranded in Eastern Europe with like a dollar thirty-five, and they're in, they're in Bratislava. And that dollar thirty-five American, basically, they get a five-star hotel room, you know, like like they they, they tip the the maitre d like a nickel, and the guy's like a nickel. You'll see this. I quit. I go buy my own hotel. Because <laughs> <laughs> inflation is so bad. And and Vinnie Jones as the British soccer who so guy. good. Oh, God. The 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 mime fight. Oh yes. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. That entire movie. How about this? The entire time he's actually working in the file room at his like dad's law firm, and he keeps taking random calls. And by the end of the and movie, he gets promoted. He gets yeah. promoted for yeah. doing such a good job. And, and that that same character, he goes to like the, uh, the the sex club in Germany. Yeah, and it's 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 like they give him the safe word, but it's like this weird German word he can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's like Flugelflagen. It's a Flugelflagen. Yeah. And like, like they tie him up in this contraption and uh Xena warrior princess is like the, the yeah, Lucy the Lawless dominatrix Lucy yeah. Lawless. and they, and they bring out her two henchmen named Hans and Gruber. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> they have like a, they have a dildo, but it's like powered by like a chainsaw motor. <laughs> and, and uh, Scott and what's her name from Buffy, like eat all these brownies because uh, they're in Amsterdam and uh, they start acting all high and, and the guy who runs the uh, the brownie shop is, is like, guys, those aren't pot brownies. They're just regular brownies. <laughs> regular brownies, right. <laughs> they just made asses of themselves. Yeah, there's like a bunch of incest in it too where like... <laughs> well, sort of. I mean, but, it, uh, it's not real the, the nude beach. The nude, the nude beach. beach. Yeah, that girl, was, 
Girl. 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 Yeah, that that one scene where they're the sister and brother uh, making they, out. They make out because they drink a bunch of like absinthe. Absinthe, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> great, great. Dude, that movie is epically hilarious. If it's you have really not funny. seen Euro Trip, I suggest you go f- watch it now. In fact, watch the unsettled version. It's like 17 minutes of extra footage. It's really funny. Now, Michael email for two dollars. He goes, Sam from Smallville had a ton of adult vids. I'm sorry, what? Wait, what? Yeah, what? We need to pause this for a second. We need to find out what that's about. Oh, Sam Jones. Oh, I thought you were talking about someone else. That makes sense. Oh, actually. The, the, the guy who played the photographer. What's his name? Superman's buddy, the photographer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jimmy Olsen. He wasn't Jimmy Olsen, though. Wasn't he? His name was Sam. Well, the actor's name. No, his name. Sorry, his name was Pete Ross. Yeah, Pete Ross. Yeah, he 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 was out out of the, after the first couple seasons. He ended up on Blue Mountain State, another show that if you have not seen Blue Mountain State, you are missing out. Blue Mountain State is absolutely hilarious. Has a lot of Smallville actors in it. Okay, one more, one more uh, and thing. It says, it says in 2010, a sex tape leaked with his then model girlfriend Carissa Shannon. It was reported the pair initially tried to block the release of the sex tape for some time, but after striking a deal, the tape was released on DVD by Vivid Entertainment called Carissa Shannon Superstar. In 2011, Jones and Shannon released a song entitled Juice and Vodka, once available on iTunes, currently available on TMZ, a part of the Cam 3 album. Hmm. And he was convicted of a conspiracy to possess illegal drugs with the intent to distribute in 2010. Bro, those uh, those late 90s, early 2000 actors are nuts, bro. They like they did not make enough money, so they just sort of wilded it out. Like a lot of these people, they they this is before like you had syndication money too. Like so, you had be, be, like way before you had good syndication money. But then there was this period where like if your show got syndicated, you were making buku bucks. But if you were a teenager that started in one of those shows before syndication, you didn't make that money. You were not, they didn't deal with you properly. They didn't, they didn't respect you as a contract. And by the time you became adults and you were still on the show and your contract is still a, I'm still Clark Kent and you're not getting any of that sweet syndication money, even though the show's now been played on 15, 15 well, stations a day for the last 10 years. You you had to reach a certain number of episodes. I think it was 100 episodes before you could get 100 episodes or, 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 yeah, or, or seven seasons. Yeah, so like there there was a benchmark for syndication. Syndication was a thing ever since the early '90s. So, right, right. But a lot of these younger actors, they never even got they never got to that benchmark. That that, that was that old you know seven. I know I've seen this before. Shane always tells me to stop mentioning this, but I'm going to say it. Seven seasons and a wedding was like what every single sitcom wanted to do, because that meant that you were an established enough to be in a wedding. <laughs> And your contract was good because you got to seven seasons. And then you get that sweet syndication money, man. All right, let's one more thing before we go to the member section. I just realized the time was egging on. Uh, let's let's look at the Godzilla Kong. Godzilla Kong trailer. Here we go. Godzilla, the app formerly known as Twitter Kong. Every time I see this, I think like that literally looks like they're about to drop a new like rap album. 
New Empire, Godzilla versus Kong, Godzilla X Kong. I don't know, man. Uh, looks like looks like fun to me. You gotta be honest. Looks like a good time. All right, guys, we gotta go to the members section. We spent a lot of time on the public facing one. If you are watching right now and you're wondering what happened to the members section on the main channel, where'd it go, Brian? Where is it? I used to be able to watch the whole show there whenever I wanted to. Like I said on Monday. We are phasing out the live show being on that channel. Instead, that channel is going to get really great stuff like cold reads of the scripts, Q&As, a lot of walkthrough stuff pertaining to the content that's on that channel already. And this channel will be specifically for live streams. And that way, I don't have to stream to two different channels at the same time because it's a lot of work. And we'll be able to offer more content on both, on both channels. It's a win-win-win for everyone. So if you are watching right now, wondering where that stream is at, then come on over here. We're going to go to the member section on this channel, and we're going to go there right now. And hopefully you can join us. If not, then I'll be back with Matt on Saturday at 10 a.m. on the Salty Saturday Show. And then again on Monday at 4 p.m. Matt? Yep, that's pretty much it. Okay. Oh, wrong button. Sorry. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. All right. See you guys in the member section. impossible just do it do it just do it yes